0: Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him, Lord of all. Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I am Ray Ray, and uh, this is a special tag episode um dave is not with me in the studio and also this was not recorded live like we've been doing so um you know for the new listeners out there anyway we have been recording every other week uh two shows maybe three shows or something like that and that gives us um, an opportunity to have shows you know uploaded once a week to the podcast uh, while maintaining the Time for our families um, and other ministry opportunities, which Dave is the the bulk worker on that one. Uh, you know, being at uh, Spurgeon College, teaching classes up there, coming up with some curriculum uh, and stuff for his classes as well. And so, you know, he's a busy guy. So that's what we've been doing. But we didn't do two shows last time we got together. So, um, taking the opportunity, like I had said, um, you know, speaking of. Spurgeon College classes, anyway. Um, You guys know that I had the opportunity to uh, speak in Dave's class. He's teaching an introductory to logic class, and I got to speak up there as a special guest speaker, anyway. And so, again, I thank him for the opportunity to be able to do that. Um, As a non college goer myself, it's awesome to. Um, still, uh, find a way to be a part of that kind of community. Um, and you know, not, it's, it's not just learning, but imparting, um, study that I do on my own anyway, as Dave's called me the homeschooled apologist. I don't, you know, that it's weird, but uh, you know, it's encouraging. I love Dave and, uh, he's just an encouraging guy in my life too. And stuff like this uh, just uh, helps that out, helps me learn and grow, puts me into positions to uh, do some research and um, dig in. And uh, again, just, uh, you know, we're not just lone rangers um, in this, I guess, what you can call Christian life anyway, but uh, God has brought people together um, by his word, through his word. And um, we stand together on that, uh, you know, once for all, delivered to the saints. Faith and uh, being saints, uh, we contend for it, and uh, we give an answer for that, and that's why, again, uh, you know, the why of this podcast, anyway. So, um, with that said, I wanted to uh, give to you at least a you know a little insight um, to what I talked about, anyway, um, in that class, and uh, you know, just a little paper I I wrote up uh, called "Logic to the Glory of God," and I know if you are fans of. John Frame, you know, he's got apologetics to the glory of God. Um, you know, being a student of Van Til, you know, there would be probably some differences between uh what uh frame does, what uh Dave and I do, um, you know, Saiten Bruggenkate, Francis Schaefer, Greg Bonson, um and and whatnot. You know, there's a lot of people, um there's a wide widespread some some little particulars here and there. Um, but I mean I mean for the most part there's a lot of unity um in the way that we do things. And uh so when we talk about apologetics to the glory of God, you know, I want to talk about um, you know, maybe some more particular issues to the glory of God and logic is one of those things. That's what I got invited um to speak into his class or Dave's class anyway, being an introductory to logic class. Um, so um that's uh just you know the starting point of what I want to talk about tonight, because I got to go to that class, introductory to the logic class, and um what I did is I was like, okay, so Dave, uh, what are you utilizing to teach logic? Um, and he showed me the logic textbook, and it is actually written by Douglas Wilson, which is another, you know, uh, influence in my life. I, I, I downloaded, you know, I, I listened to the podcast, I listened to Blog and May blog, um, just watching Collision, uh, him and Christopher Hitchens going at it and stuff like that. That's like I think he's like the perfect... Um, I, I would say the the doppelganger of of Chris Hitchens. I think that was like the match made <laughs> that the, the apologetic match made. They're both uh, wordsmiths, they know they're both witty. Um they both needed each other in this life anyway, and you know, I just you know, I could only pray um that uh you know, it's you know, I, I could only wish, I guess, that um um, things were different with Chris Hitchens and, you know, I don't know the story. Um, I'm not into the particulars with him, but, you know, I could only hope that he would have, um, remembered everything in his life. And, uh, even at the very end, um, you know, just a reminder of the, um, the parable of the workers in the field that even at the 11th hour, they all, you know, call call at the beginning of the day, middle of the day, um, in the evening. And at the 11th hour, um, the master paid them all the same because it was his, and uh you know i think that's a wonderful um parable to be able to speak into the life even of somebody um at the very end of their life that uh their life isn't wasted had they taken all that time to finally submit to the lordship of jesus christ and know his perfect atonement for his people but anyway um i know i went far off a field in that but um that is um a big deal in here because I do love Douglas Wilson. Um he writes this uh, logic textbook and uh so I get into that book and I start kind of reading, you know, what his definitions are, where um the students are being taken um in their exercises in logic and stuff like that. And uh you just getting into the introduction um in that book, uh there was, you know, it was all solid, but I did see one issue and this is something I told the students. I was like I don't want to have a problem other than baptism with Douglas Wilson. You know, he's a smart, awesome guy. Um, I was hoping that, you know, there'd be very limited issues. And and there are probably still limited issues between me and a guy like Douglas Wilson anyway. But, you know, I just wish this wasn't one of them. Um, And it's a very light issue, but it does... it does need to be talked about and um but there is something in the book um that uh got my attention. So um with that said, um let's uh, just start with the very beginning of my talk. I know I seem a little bit stream of consciency, but you know I read way too much Van Till. Um and, you know, maybe I'm being way too influenced by that and I need to organize my thoughts a little bit and That's why I love having Dave around, but bear with me and um, let's uh, get through this. Um, But I started off uh, in this logic talk, you know, we got to start with scripture and um, I brought to light some awesome scripture in Romans. So um, if you would, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast with your Bible, you can open up to Romans 11. Um, So there's little bits of 11 and 12 here, but uh, just let's. Let's just listen to the scriptures and then let's get into this talk. But uh, here in Romans eleven thirty-three through 36, it says, Oh, the depth of riches and wisdom and, not, and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And so we know that this uh, prayer that uh, Paul is doing here, you know, there's a context in here. And this prayer is a prayer of praise of the all knowing God who has revealed the gospel of Jesus and how it works to bring about the salvation of all, not just one nation of his people. What was revealed in Christ and expounded by Paul here is only limited by Paul's holy spirit-empowered finitude as a created being and the foretelling God who spoke through the prophets and finally through Jesus. So we, like Paul, must understand our creaturely limitations and what, sh- what should circumscribe our thought as we are commanded to as we go down in, uh, to 12 here. It says in, in verse 2, it says, not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then going down to three, it says, to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So here Paul implies reasoning, standards, universals, and particulars. And so though there is a limitation on Paul's and our end, it is certain here that all things are from God through God and to God. So, as uh, for this uh, talk in particular, you know we're talking about this particular of logic as one of the all things. So, if all things are from God, through God, and to God, logic is one one of the all things, one of the many things that are God's. So, if our so here, here's a little syllogism. Here's a little, here's a little logic. If all things are from, through, and to God, then logic, whatever it is, can only be understood as from, through, and to him. So then how is logic defined? So as uh, Dave would always point out, you know, um, what we do um, in our debates and make sure that we uh, put forward in front of the, the audience, definitions are important. Like We've got to set up definitions. And discuss definitions. Um, but the definition of logic, if you go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, just a quick uh, click online, it says logic is a science that deals with the principles and criteria of validity of inference and demonstration, the science of the formal principles of reasoning. Basically, you know, we have these two out there um definitions that we can just find online anyway um and uh so bringing it back to this uh introductory logic book uh whenever we look into the first few pages of of the logic book anyway um it just gives a simple definition which is a good definition to start with especially in an introduction course but uh what uh i guess you could say Douglas Wilson whoever put this book together with him too um it just uh, defines logic as the science and art of reasoning well. That's page one of the book, which is a very good definition, but just a, you know just a good broad, easy definition. So let's uh, think about these definitions. You know, it appears as though that there is agreement on what logic is between these three sources, but unlike Merriam-Webster or the Oxford Reference, this student handbook does introduce people to the presuppositions. Of logic explicitly. So again, this is the Tagueret podcast, right? Um, I know uh, that uh, Douglas Wilson has, you know, he he is definitely, I guess you could say, Kuyperian. Um He he is Vantilian. Uh, you know, there there is this uh, whole ordeal that uh, we uh, agree on. Um, you know, eschatology wise, uh, we agree on theonomy wise. Um, there's a lot of little particulars here, and so you know there's no, there's no problems here, um, but um the the cool thing is about this textbook is going to talk about the metaphysical issues instead of just starting with just oh, here's a definition of logic, let's run with it. Um, you know, this is also a part of a worldview um, study as well. So that's why something like this, or even if uh, you want to get a hold of Jason Lyles uh, logic book, you know, it's going to be um, good for you as well. But it seems like there is agreement, you know, There's and, and as, you know, transcendental arguers, <laughs> anyway, not in the Kantian, but um, in the Vantilian, um camp, um, you know, we, we recognize there is a worldview difference and it, it does come out and so just let's let's think about these first two definitions. So thinking about the first one, um, if, if you really critically think about it, and I guess I'll restate it, it says that it's a science that deals with the principles and criteria of validity of inference and demonstration, the science of the formal principles of reasoning. If we think about this one, if we critically thought of it, um, it presupposes the uniformity of nature, which is the assumption needed to do the scientific method and infer things and uniformity comes with limitations, laws, a standard, so one can judge validity. This second definition, just think about this one again uh, reasoning conducted or assessed according to the strict principles of validity, a particular system or codification of principles of proof and, entra- and inference. So, this second definition shows. That this assumption of uniformity is back of law and is back of proof. So, again, as we state on this podcast, um, think about that next time you are asked to prove anything. There are things back (laughs) of proof, and also logic needs to be accounted for. Um, But here we are, um, you know, on this show tonight. Because like Genesis 1-1 says, God created. He created the universe. He created the universe that the folks who wrote those two definitions, or well, all three definitions, were written by folks who live in God's world, in God's created reality. So he has created us, as Genesis says, and this handbook reflects with the ability to reason. This is what Paul meant whenever he appealed to pagan poets. At the Areopagus, which is consistent with what he says in Romans, um, that all man knows the true creator God, rending them, rendering them excuseless. Or, you know, the, the term, again, uh, Greek term, anapologetus, again, apologetic defense. Anapologet, er, anapologetus is without defense or without an apologetic. So, as the beginning of Paul's line of reasoning in Romans states, They all know the truth because God has shown it to them, his eternal power. And here it is. Listen to this one, his divine nature. Yet rebellious man suppresses the truth and trades it for a lie. So here we see that logic as one of the all things that are from him, which is communicated to us through him, which is creation of us. And to him is our worship and derivative dominion are because of him we are created in his likeness so this is why peter in 1st uh, 1 peter 1:15 1, and 16 reminds the dispersed saints to be holy in their conduct and logic being an ethical issue as god says you shall be holy for i am holy this echoes jesus in matthew 5:48 and various old testament commands from god to his people like leviticus 11:44 now there is a slight issue, and here's the slight issue that I have with um, you know with, I, 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 again I don't want to say it I don't want to have this issue with Douglas Wilson, but uh, there is an issue, and so we'll get to the issue here. And so whenever I say that I have an issue, it is an issue, um, but I'm not wanting to tear anything down. I'm wanting to build something up, and I don't think it's going. It's something that's so major that's going to draw lines in the sand, but I just, you know, I read this and it's something that I wanted to bring to light, but, uh, on page two of this handbook. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, again, I just wanted to say it's, it's just called introductory logic, the fundamentals of thinking. Well, it's, uh, in the Canon logic series, I've got the student handbook. So referencing on page two here is, uh, my issue that uh, you, can, you can find out somehow by getting a hold of a copy of this book. Um, but he uh, ends up quoting Augustine, and after this quote, he says, Logic is not devised by man, but neither is it created by God. Rather, it's an attribute of God, which is reflected with creation, which is totally true. Amen. Love it, brother. Tell me more, right? This part is true and is what is needed to be on our lips as we engage worldly philosophers and debaters. But what is said next is what we need to also have written in our memories because it is God's revealed autobiography. So what comes next in in this text? It says um, that logic is not an attribute that is stated directly in Scripture, that it is a characteristic of God that we see assumed everywhere in Scripture. So um, just to point out, um, we, have one, we have a major assumption. We have to assume the triune God as revealed in the scriptures. That is our assumption. The, the, so the, the scriptures and the assumption are held together. We have authority. That's the one assumption. The scriptures that are backed up by the God that they reveal and it's only by revelation, only by coming down to us does it make sense. Instead of us trying to reason about it first and then jumping, you know, so making the, making the leap, you know, this is what, what we have, um, against classicalists. Um, but, uh, we have the major assumption and here's like what we're going to find out with what is said here is that there are two assumptions and my goal is to show something from scripture that we only really have one assumption, um, and it's so basically, here, here, here again, I'll read my problem. It says um, that it is not an attribute that is stated directly in Scripture; that it is a characteristic of God that we see assumed everywhere in Scripture. So it's the presupposition of Scripture that God is logical, but there is no direct reference to God saying "I am." Right, and so I have to say that I heartily, heartily disagree. And here is what you need to know since the scriptures are the authority on this. So here, uh, if you guys want to look up in Numbers 22, um, I'll just give a brief uh, summary here. But, uh, you know, this is a, a time where the angel of the Lord and Balaam are talking with each other. And so the angel of the Lord told Balaam to speak only the word that the angel of the Lord told him. Then later on, Balaam told Balak the word of God that was placed into his mouth. And if we look in verse 19 of chapter 22, we see that the word of God was that God is not man, that he should lie, or a son of man, that he should change his mind. This is God explicitly saying that he is consistent, not contradictory. God is not man, so this is his nature. He is—he's speaking of his his nature. He is not man in essence, being his ontology. He is not man. This is an ontological claim that he should lie, which is to be contradictory, to be inconsistent. That's pretty explicit here. Uh, if we uh, if we also encounter uh, Hebrews six eighteen, and this is a wonderful. Um, portion where I got to actually, you know, I had a, a discussion online, some, some different things about uh, God's consistency and, and all this stuff, but Hebrews is awesome. But if we look in Hebrews uh, 6, 18, the Holy Spirit, who is God, right? Inspired, uh, inspired an author, right? So we, we believe that um, these prophets, these apostles did not write what they were writing from their own accord, but as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, who is God, again, the triune God is our assumption (laughs) and how he's been revealed to know that he's triune, right? So again, in Hebrews 6, 18, the Holy Spirit, who is God inspired author states that it is impossible for God to lie. It says impossible here. And this is in contrast to the impossibility, the same Greek word here that of the sacrifices to forgive sins. It's impossible for the blood of goats and bulls to forgive sins, right? And so it's the the same word used for that impossibility is used of the impossibility of God to lie. So God by nature cannot lie. Again, be contradictory as it is that the sacrifices by nature cannot forgive sin. And that's uh, one thing I had to talk to a buddy about, you know, can God lie or is he choosing not to lie? He cannot lie, Hebrews says, by nature. It's an ontological issue. He, by nature, cannot lie. And that's what the word says. So, um, also another passage is uh, Titus 1-2. Paul states that God's consistent character can also be demonstrated, not just assumed, evidentially in history as stated. But, you know, here's the deal. We're not classicalists. Because we have to hold that special revelation and natural revelation. We're not doing natural theology. There's two definitions there that need to be talked about in that, argue, in that debate. Um, but we can say that Paul states that God's consistent character can also be demonstrated, not just assumed evidentially in history as, as stated here. Keeping in mind that the total theology and anthropology that God's special and natural revelation are co-equal. This is Vantillion, which fallen man is an ethical rebellion against God and in need of regeneration to think rationally, to actually be a being that wants to be actually rational. So lastly, for the discussion, uh, Again, in Second 2 Timothy uh, 2.13, Paul states that God cannot deny himself. Hmm. Law of identity much, right? So we got um, the law of non-contradiction. We have the law of excluded middle. We have the law of identity. All explicitly stated about God in his revelation. So, again, I believe uh, we have a case. Since logic is not a neutral thing. Being a thing among all things that are from, through, and to God, the law, of, again, the law of, the, of excluded middle, that God is by nature rational or stated differently, logical. So, uh, therefore, we don't have to assume only through logical biblical inference that logic finds its objective grounding in the nature of God. We have 100% assurance that there is nothing, no realm of forms or concepts, but Christ that is the mediator between the father and us as the one who is the only god at the father's right side who made him known in who exist all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and so you know this should compel us again um as always to go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and holy spirit teaching them to obey the commandments of jesus christ whom you sanctify in your hearts is holy being ready to give in reason defense for those who ask about the hope that is within you so i hope that this uh uh little podcast this little talk um edifies you guys um i know that there's people out there that uh keep little uh field guides in their back pocket you know they write down bible verses um to keep with them, so when they get in a discussion, if they can't uh, recall it, they know they've got it written down, they can turn to the page and stuff like that you know if that's something you utilize uh please uh please check out again uh numbers twenty two um let me let me get my papers out here again numbers twenty two um you know just the whole story between balak or Balaam and the angel of the Lord, and then how um you know Balaam talks to Balak, and just you know that is a thus say the Lord moment um Whenever god basically it's it's the Word of God explicitly saying that he's not a man right that it, that is ontology that he shouldn't lie or contradict he's not like that he's different and that and that's explicit and then also hebrews um, six eighteen um you know you can go you can go i think a chapter i think if you read a whole chapter of six, you'll get um all those um also titus one two um and uh, let's I finished off with Second 2 Timothy 2.13. So put those in your back pocket. Um, you know, there is objective logic. It is grounded in the triune uh, God of the biblical scriptures revealing himself explicitly being rational by nature. So again, there is nothing between us other than Jesus. To, uh, you know, we can't go back and just find out what we think is moral and then project it on the scriptures and go, well, that God is is immoral compared to my concept of morality. Um, That just makes everything subjective. Um, If that is the case, then again, um, we can all just have fun. fighting each other (laughs) you know but you know the gospel is is we have a christ who reconciles and so put these in your back pocket again i hope this uh edifies you hope this helps you if you have any questions if you have any qualms with me if you're douglas wilson and want to give me a call um or email me more than welcome but you know this is a small little uh podcast uh we thank you guys uh who do listen download support us thank you so much for everything um Again, uh, thank you to all the people that have uh, already uh, bought or um, or bought the book, uh, Did God Stutter? Um, Thank you so much because that does help the ministry, and um, we hope that you find that book awesome, and we'll have more talks about that next time that we have Dave in the studio. Um, We'll get more of that information out. I know that we'll be coming out with a Kindle edition soon, Um, but until that Kindle edition comes out, please, if uh, you want to, you can go to tag your slash pub. And on the page there or on the page itself about did God, God stutter with a summary um, is a donate button. Please, if you would like a digital copy of did God stutter, we have them. I can email them to you. Um, if you donate a gift of any amount, I will send a, digital copy to that email. So if you are more of a Kindle or a iPad reader or something, we got that. And that does help us more directly um, than Amazon's going to, you know, come to us anyway, because that's who we are utilizing to produce our books and stuff like that. Cause we do not have a press but we want to publish awesome things so um thank you again for everything that you guys have done for us by listening by sharing by talking to your friends and uh and you know really talking to us whenever we come across to you guys and uh even if uh, we don't know that you've ever listened to the podcast and you say hey, i've been listening to your podcast you know that's just encouraging we thank you um and that's what we're here for so um with that said this is the tag podcast i am ray ray and soli deo gloria